We're actually going to continue, and I just want to tell you right off the bat, okay, we're going to continue this morning by talking about what it means to be generous. Now, here's the, here's the truth, okay? We've already taken this time where we talked about giving to the Lord. We received the offering. We just talked a second ago about another offering, another opportunity to give, where people can give to, the, to raise money for these vans. We've been talking about generosity a lot already this morning, but I want to talk about it on a number of levels that go way beyond money, and, and, and here's why. Whenever we talk about generosity, there's usually two different people in the room. Actually, there's three. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with a third, all right? First is this one. I'm really secure in the reality that God is good. He provides for me, and I just love giving to the Lord, and He just blesses me in doing so. You're, you're convinced on generosity. The other side of the pendulum is probably those who are like, listen, I've seen a few guys on TV who were like, if you send me $2,024 in 2024, you're going to have a blessed year. And you're a little skeptical when somebody starts to talk about money. Or maybe you've been in the place where it's like, I go to a church and I feel like some all, all they care about is money and they're raising money for this and get money for that, get money for this. And then there's the third camp that I would say is just like, I like the idea of generosity, but it makes me really uncomfortable to talk about. So wherever you're at this morning, okay, I want to approach this because here's the truth and I believe this wholeheartedly. God wants to put a heart of generosity in his people. And the heart of generosity is fundamental to a blessed life. We talked about this last week. How many of you want to be blessed in 2024? All right, most of you. If you didn't raise your hand, maybe you didn't deodorant up this morning, I don't know. But probably you want to be blessed in this year. And as I said last week, here's my hope, my heart's desire for you is to get to December 31st of this year with this thought. I can't imagine God being better to me next year than he's been to me this year. I'm, I am praying that for you because I believe that God can do that. But I also think there are some realities that we can, decisions we can make that we can step into receiving that from God. Uh, kind of this foundational idea is in James 1, 2 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. This blessing, this blessed life that we're outlining here is outlining is about patiently enduring through the testing and temptation and tribulation. Let me break it down. It's enduring through life. It's living life for Jesus and going through every season of life and all the different things that we face and enduring to the end to love and serve Jesus. So I want to get this started because here's the truth. I believe that God's blessing is not just something that sneaks up behind you and tackles you. It's not something that you just find one day when walking around. You have to make the conscious decision to say, I want to invite God's blessing in my life. And and what that looks like, we talked about last week, community. You've got to invite the blessing of community into your life, right? I would love it if we had life groups that could just show up at your house on Tuesday at seven, you're watching TV and they just knock on the door and they're like, hey, we're here for life group. Does that sound good? Some of you are like, what if I didn't clean yet? Right? That's mostly the wives. Most of the guys are just like, okay, come on in. Uh, It amazes me whenever there's an event that's being sponsored by men and an event that's being sponsored by women. I mean, it's just the the things that are thought of in those two processes. It's wow. So that's why we put the two together, just to try to make it good. But how do we invite God's blessing this year into our lives? Be invitational and make room to say, God, I want to be blessed this year. And I want to start by saying this. 
If you've ever heard of the prosperity gospel that is all about you just give to God and he'll give back, give to God, he'll give back, give to God, he'll give back, that is not what we're talking about today. So if you're worried that that's where we're heading, please don't tune me out, just give me a chance here. But I want to start here because we're going to go to 2 Corinthians where Paul is talking to the Corinthian church and he's trying to give them some instruction because this is the early church. It's just getting started. Paul is a missionary, okay? It means he goes around the whole world telling people about Jesus, the known world of that time, and starting churches. And one of the things, the ways that he does that is by telling the established church, will you send me into these places to reach the lost? And in order to do that, I need you to, to give me the means, the resources to go and bless these regions and start the church. And so this is what he says to the Corinthian church. He's telling them in advance, I am coming and I, wanna, I want you to be prepared to give when I come so that we can be generous to those who are lost. Here's what it says, 2 Corinthians 9 verses 6 through 10. It says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly for, or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Now, you may have noticed as we were reading through these verses, I was in the New Living Translation, this word generosity comes up over and over and over and over again. Generous, generosity, generous, generous, being generous, learning generosity, giving, blessing, because God is trying to utilize this idea for one purpose, and it's the very last thing that we read. I am trying to produce a harvest of generosity in you. I'm trying to produce a harvest of generosity to you, because here's the, here's the truth. The gospel is free. Aren't you grateful for that? Aren't you so glad that the gospel is given to you for free? There was never a person who they, you know, they said, hey, I'd like to tell you about Jesus, but you'll have to give me $34.99 first. Um, I'd like to lead you in the sinner's prayer. That would be an additional $19.95 plus shipping and handling. Right? And, and we could do that. Here, I'll, I'll lay this out for you. I want to give you some real numbers here because we just finished 2023 and I'm a little bit of a math nerd, so I did some math, okay? So here's some numbers that you might not be aware of, all right? This building that you're sitting in today, and here's one of the great things. When it was cold, you came in and there was some heat on. Who was praising the Lord for that? Yeah? Okay, this building, when no one is in here and nothing is happening, this building costs $4,954 to sit here per week. What? If the pastors are going to get paid, and you know, I'm a big fan of that. I, I just, I want to go on record, okay? If the pastors are going to get paid, and all of our staff, because we have other staff other than our pastors, our weekly payroll expenses, $8,323 per week. Ministry, the ministry that we did this year, just giving to our community, blessing others, helping other people, broke out to this. $4,447 per week. So here's the full, the full number. I don't want to give this to you. 
Everything that we do in, on the, in last year came out to this. Every single week, $17,364. Now, does anybody hear that and go, whoa. I was actually thinking as I was saying, here, we have this campaign. We're raising $100 for $60. we are trying to raise $100,000. Let me be honest to you. We do that every six weeks. That's, that's what it takes to keep ministry going. So here's what I thought. I'm going to give you an absurd idea, all right? What would it look like if we charged people to come to church? All right, are you ready for this? We're going to be, next week, and I know the pastors are out there, we were getting this ready because the ticket booth goes in, and we're going to be selling tickets. Now, you get to decide your level of involvement that, that Sunday, okay? So if you're like, hey, I'm in for the keep the lights on and the heat on level, that is $13.21 per person. All right, so that's, that's the entry level. We don't pray for you. You don't get to hear the whole message. Um, you do get to use the bathroom, and the heat will be on. Okay, next package. Okay, we'll go to the next package. All right, so you're like, you know what? I would like to get into the package where we do building, but I also get a pastor to minister to me, a few people to pray for me, and, and some of those things. Well, that bumps you up to $34.45 per person. All right, so that's what you get for that package. You get a pastor who will pray for you. There'll be a message. You get to hear the whole thing. You still get everything in the first package, the bathrooms, the heat, running water, all of that. Now, a final package, okay? If you want ministry to happen, where we're reaching our community and blessing people and doing stuff outside of the walls, now we bumped you up to $46.30 per person, per week. So next Sunday, all right, pastors and I, we're going to have a booth set up. Adults are $52.99, children $34.99, seniors $37.99, all right? So I just, I worked out those numbers and that's how we'll keep ministry going. We'll just charge before you come in. Is that absurd? Why? Because the gospel is free. The gospel is free. The gift of salvation is free. You received it for free. But... In order for you to get it, somebody had to pay for it. First of all, God. The gift of salvation, it cost me nothing. It cost you nothing, but it cost God his one and only son. The blood of his son Jesus was literally the cost of salvation for the world. And, and listen, I look back on my own history of my own life, and I think back to the people who ministered to me, who were part of the churches that I grew up in, all right? I think back to a woman named Faith Ann. You've never heard of Faith Ann? When I was four, she was 100, okay? Faith Ann was my Sunday school teacher when I was in elementary school. And Faith Ann was so generous with her time. She'd give us candy and stuff. I mean, I just remember Faith Ann. I do remember her thinking she had to have known Moses personally. But... I loved her generosity and she gave to me. And I look back and I think of youth leaders who were so generous to me, who to give of their time. And, and believe me, I, I don't want to go too much into details. I was hard on them. I was particularly my youth leaders, okay? I was very hard on them. I was a very difficult child to love and to minister to, all right? I'll tell you the story some other time. They still kept giving and step, kept loving. They paid a price, for me to have the gospel. Every church I've ever been a part of, people have given financially. They've given of their time. They've given of their talents. They've given of themselves with incredible generosity. And I look back and I think to these pillars who they gave so that I could get the gospel for free. 
They gave so that I could get Jesus for free. So that I didn't have to whip out my credit card and say, oh, how much is it for the sinner's prayer? It's $19.97? No, it's gone up. This year it's $24.99. I didn't have to do that. And, and, and here's our goal as a church. We don't want people to ever have to do that because the gospel's free, but it costs those who give it. It costs those who give it. We're the givers. We're the givers of the gospel for our region. And God says, I'm using this to raise up a harvest of generosity in here. I want to show you a few things that are attitudes towards giving. And I'm, I'm going to clue you in. Some of these are not true, okay? But these are some attitudes that we might see regarding giving. Give to God and you will be blessed. Isn't that like our favorite part? We're like, okay, and here's what we love to do with this because we're mathematicians at heart. We're like, the Bible says if you tithe, right, giving 10% of your income to the Lord, he will bless you, provide for you, abundantly take care of you. So we go, hmm, what's he gonna do for me at 20%? Do I get double the blessing? Do I get more? Can I buy more? No, you can't. Give to God and you'll be blessed. Refuse to give to God and you'll be cursed. That's biblical, God tells his people, Haggai, he says to them, listen, you're under a curse. You have purses with holes in it because you refuse to give to me. You refuse to put me first. Uh, giving to God is a personal choice. Giving to God is for those who can afford it. Refusing to give to God is robbing God. God uses our giving to bless others and ignoring the needs of others is paramount to ignoring God. Any clue which one of those is incorrect? What do you think? It's about the middle. Number four, giving is for those who can afford it. Listen, God is trying to sow generosity to us in a way to make us understand you will never be able to afford to be generous. I want, I want you to hear that and kind of think about that for a second, okay? Whether your yearly income is $10,000 or $10 million, when the heart of generosity truly grabs you, you will not be able to afford it because there's sacrifice in it. And, and we'll unpack that just a little bit further. But here's what I want you to see here because here's, here's some of the things we've seen about giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. Jesus says this in Luke chapter 6, verses 37 to 38. Here's what he says about giving. And he starts off in another, another topic, but here he says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make more room, running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Here we are, back to prosperity gospel, right? But there's a problem. Jesus is not talking about money. He's not talking about money at all. What's he talking about? Forgiveness. Love, compassion, kindness. And, and why would he make these statements? Because he's trying to, to see us through something that's very difficult and maybe a little dangerous. I'll call it this, a heart transplant. He's trying to see us through a heart transplant because I, I, I'm going to hit us a little bit here, but it's just let's be real, okay? Okay. We're selfish. We are. 
I find it far easier to spend money on myself than I do on you. You can ask my family. They're like, what do you want for Christmas? I was like, well, pretty much if I want it, I got it. It's hard, right? We find it far easier. And then when God wants to start working on these hearts, because we find it easy to put self first, he says, I need to do a heart transplant on you. I've got to take that sinful, selfish heart out of you because I want to sow the heart of Christ into you. And here's what Jesus is is doing. And and don't miss this, okay? These are the words of Jesus that he's speaking to this, okay? And he's talking about generosity. And he's saying this. I'm here to go to the cross to give you the greatest level of forgiveness, mercy, kindness, love, and the greatest display of generosity the world has ever known. And I'm doing that for you because I love you and you're gonna get it for free, but it's gonna cost me everything. And it's in that frame of mind that he's saying to his disciples, that he's saying to those who are listening as he's teaching, you've gotta be a generous giver to reflect the heart of God to the world around you. Because God has been incredibly generous to me. God has been incredibly generous to you. Do you see that in your life? Do you look back in your life and say, like, God, you've been so generous to me. You know, Deuteronomy 8.18 tells us that it's God who actually gives us the ability to even produce wealth. Meaning, anything that you're capable of doing so that you have a job and you are gainfully employed, we should be like, Lord, you gave me that gift. But here's the truth. We're a little more self-reliant than we like to admit. I'm a hard worker. I go to work every day. I put in the time. I put in the hours. I've gotten the raises. I've gotten the promotions. I earn that money. But then we're missing the fact that it's God's the one who provides for us, who cares for us, who's given us the means to do everything that we do. And that's just one area. Because can I be honest? When it comes to generosity... It's a lot easier to give money than it is to give forgiveness. It's a lot easier to write a check than it is to write off what someone has done against me. It is far easier to give my $48.99 for that week of, of worship than it would be to be generous to people through my kindness, my actions, my thoughts, my attitudes. And and Jesus is speaking to this reality in how divinely generous he is to us. We have nothing, and I mean nothing, that we could ever give for or back to God that compares to what he paid for our salvation. He did that and then he gave it away for free. He didn't ask for anything in return. Listen, we don't give to God because we're paying back a debt, right? We aren't generous to others because we're paying back a debt. We give to God because he sows a heart of generosity inside of us that helps us to see that if there are going to be other people who receive this gospel, if there are going to be other people who get this message, if there are going to be another generation and more kids in the back and more seniors and more outreaches, and if there's going to be more ministry, there's going to have to be somebody who says, if they're going to get it for free, I've got to pay to make it happen. I've got to give my time, my talents, my resources. I've got to become so generous, just like Jesus has been for me, so that one more person, one more family, one more neighbor, one more family member can know who Jesus is and have relationship with him in church. That's the heart of generosity that God is sowing inside of us. And it's not easy. It's not easy, but believe me when I tell you, it's not just about dollars and cents either. 
It's a heart transplant. Because God is not just, and I love this, uh, um, oh, what's his name, Morris. Robert Morris. I love, I was listening to Robert Morris and, and, and I just love the way that he phrased this. He's like, we so often look at the concept of giving to God through the idea of reciprocity. If I give to God, he'll give back to me. And then we think to ourselves, is that why God gave us the concept of generosity? Was he thinking, I really need a way for my people to fully understand the concept of getting. I really need them to get this idea because I don't know if they fully understand it about what it means to get more. When the reality is he says, no, it's, it's not at all about that, but it's about learning the heart of giving. Learning the heart of sacrificing and paying whatever the cost is so that somebody else gets it for free. But I want to finish in Ephesians and what Paul says to the Ephesian church and how important it is for us because here's the truth. We look at the life of Jesus and, and Jesus is the gold standard of what it means to be a true follower of God. Self-sacrificing, loving, generous, kind, Everything he does is right. And then we see this in Scripture, and Jesus said it himself too, but I want to what he said to the Ephesian church. Chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. This is what Paul said. Imitate God. Imitate God. In everything you do, imitate God in everything you do. Because you're his dear children live a life filled with love following the example of christ he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us a pleasing aroma to god imitate god imitate him who loved us so much that he gave himself for us and that's the standard. That's what he's saying we need to do. And church, this isn't a new idea because we see even from the very beginning of time in Genesis that salvation comes from sacrifice. Adam and Eve sin against God and they go and hide because they're covered in shame. God finds them in the garden and they're, they're saying we hid because we were covered in shame and we felt like we were naked and afraid and God had to clothe them. There was no Walmart, there was no Kohl's. An animal had to die to cover their sin. And so then the sacrificial system begins in the Old Testament. And, and from the very onset, the next generation after Adam and Eve is Cain and Abel, their sons, right? And you've got to bring the very best. You've got to bring your very best to give to God. Not just a little bit, not just a small portion, but your absolute best to give to God. And he sets this up all through the Deuteronomical, Mosaical covenants, all of this. You bring your very best, a spotless, pure lamb or sheep, something that you loved and cared for and protected and raised from birth that has meaning and value to you. You bring that and you present that that to the Lord is your sacrifice. And then God in heaven does the very thing that we can't do. He gives the very best of himself. His one and only son. He says, I'm going to give that. I'm going to pay a price. Please do not think for a second 
I know it's not Easter, but let's not lose sight of just how excruciating the cross was for Jesus and the Father who had to watch His one and only Son pay the price for the sin of humanity and be so covered in sinful shame all of our mistakes that the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God had to abandon Jesus. He paid an incredible price so that you could have the gospel for free. And then Paul says, imitate God. Be that generous. Because here's the truth, and I said this before, and it's it's the reality. You will never have enough money to be generous. Because salvation comes on the heels of sacrifice. It costs something. Listen, if I've got $10 million in the bank, and I go up to somebody and say, hey, let me be generous. I'd like to buy you lunch. How much is your lunch? $65? Here you go. Here's $65 for your lunch. We would call that generous, right? That person bought my lunch. And I'm, don't get me wrong. I love a free lunch. I just want to go on record, okay? Not, I'm not unappreciative. But if somebody who's maybe on a fixed income, who maybe they're on Social Security and they only make $1,200 a month, and they come up and say, I'd like, I'd like to buy you lunch. How much, how much is it? 65? I, okay, I'm, 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 that's sacrificial giving. And that's what Jesus called the widow's offering. He's like, everybody else is coming here and throwing in big numbers. That looks good. That looks pretty. But she gave everything. Her heart is like my heart. I gave everything and that's what she did. That's what I'm building. That's what I want to see in my people in church. I want to see you blessed. But there is a biblical connection between how stingy and generous we are to the world around us. Not just talking about money. There is a direct connection to how stingy or generous we are to the world around us and how stingy or generous we invite God to be to us. Can I be honest? I need God to be generous to me. I'm not over needing his generosity. None of us in here are over needing his generosity to us. I want to be blessed and I want to open up that door by being a blessing. Because we as the people of God should be the most blessed people in the world. But we should also be the greatest blessing to the world. Because that's what God's called us to. I'll say it one last time. The gospel is free. Forgiveness is free. Mercy is free. Grace is free. But it costs something to give it. And if we want to give it to the world around us, it's going to cost us to do it. Our time, our talents, our resources, our energy, our emotions, people who will mistreat us, who will misunderstand us, it will cost those things. But at the end of all of it, We're gaining the heart of Jesus, the heart of Christ in the process. Will you pray with me? God, as I look back through my own history, I am just so grateful for the generosity of so many godly men and women who gave of themselves for me who gave of their time, 
to teach a class or to be a youth leader or to take me on a, a retreat or to teach me something. I am so grateful, God, for their generosity to me. And financially too, God, I look back and I just see time and time again how many people who without knowing circumstances just were used by you to bless me, to bless my family, to provide for us when we were down and out, when we didn't know where to turn, God, and you were so generous. And God, there's a hundred stories like that in this room. And Lord, I pray we would be so moved by your generosity in our lives. Your kindness to us, your forgiveness, God, your mercy, your love, things that we just never could have earned, things that you poured out to us through people who loved us when we were unlovable, who, who loved us when we were just hurting the world around us, God. Your generosity is so great and so vast. And you're calling us to imitate you in our generosity to the world around us. God, would you remind us that there's a sacrifice to give it away so that somebody else can get it for free and that the cost is worth it, God, because somebody paid it for me and I sure hope that I get the chance to give it for someone else. Churches, we're in prayer. I just want to ask you this morning if you're here and you just want to be honest and say, listen, the idea of generosity is maybe a little difficult subject for me. I do struggle with just taking that step into being generous with every aspect of my life. Maybe it is forgiveness. Maybe it is mercy. Maybe it is love. Maybe it is financial, whatever it is. But you know of yourself, I struggle in that area. If that's you, can I just ask you to slip up a hand? I want to pray for you this morning. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Quite a few hands. Yeah, thank you. Or maybe you're here this morning and you know you're on a journey towards greater generosity in your life. But sitting here, you're just like, I, I want the heart of Jesus inside of me. I want that transplant. I want that heart of selfishness taken out of me so that the heart of Christ can be in me working so powerfully that the world becomes transformed. If that's you, can I ask you to slip up a hand? I want to pray for you as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Can I ask you to stand as we close in prayer together? So I'm going to pray for you, but before that, I want to challenge you with something. Generosity is a journey. And it starts with just one act. One. And I want to encourage you as we're in prayer to just say, God, show me the one. Show me the starting point this morning. Show me, show me the one thing that I could do even today to be generous to somebody else, to be kind and merciful, forgiving, or maybe bless somebody else. Show me today, God, because I want to take that step with you. And I want to encourage you to pray that this morning as we're in prayer. But I also want to pray for you because heart transplants are risky and dangerous, but they are absolutely necessary. So God, I just pray right now for every one of us in this room, those watching us online, that you would, by your divine, skillful hand, begin, continue, and finish the work 
of this heart transplant that you want inside every one of us, raising up this heart of generosity, God, that echoes your heart, that echoes your love, that echoes your mercy and kindness and grace and forgiveness to the world around us, God. Lord, would you put such a hunger in us to be sacrificial givers of everything that we are, giving our absolute best for you in recognition of how you have given your absolute best for us. God, there's nothing left that we can give for you or to you other than that heart that you desire to put into us. And so God, for those who raise their hand today, maybe those who are struggling, who are, I, I want to be more generous, whether it's forgiveness or mercy or love or kindness, maybe it is financial, God, I just pray that you would speak to them. Lord, you know where they're at and what they're going through. Challenge it. Push them, stretch them, grow them. Give them a testimony of your faithfulness and how it ministered to their lives and the world around them to take that step. And God, be with those who want to continue, who want to become more like you, who see the heart of God and in full recognition of just how awesome you've been, want to pay it forward to the world around them. God, we are so grateful that you gave us the free gift of salvation. But we recognize that it cost you dearly. And we want to give this gift to the world around us. Help us, God. Help us to send it to the next generation so that they can know you and receive it for free too. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I encourage you as you go, take that one step today. Do it today. Don't wait for Wednesday or next Sunday, next Saturday. Do it today. Let God minister through you in generosity today. Our prayer team will be up here at the front if you need prayer this morning. But Lord bless you as you go today.